Welcome to Big Men, Big Theology. I'm Trey. That was weird. <laughs> I'm not for it. Who uh, are you? Hey, I'm Jay Nelly, Jordan <laughs> Nelson, in the house. And I'm Cody. <laughs> Cody, be, be we are, weird. But hold on, hold on. We're not done yet. Oh, yeah. I'm we Emily, got, and I, now that you've called yourself Jay Nelly, can I, we just call you that for the rest yeah, of the Yeah, Jay Nelly. Theology. And who else? They call me Eric. You are Eric. Head deacon. This is head, head deacon. deacon. Chairman of our deacon body. Hold on. Chairman of deacon. No, chairman. <laughs> currently, he is, he's currently duly elected chairman of deacon. He's the archbishop we, we also now of have our a, deacon body. We also now body. have a deacon of the realm. So. We do. That's, a, that's a different matter. Has nothing to we'll do talk about that. So we'll is talk the about deacon later. of the realm more important than chairman of the deacons? If we haven't lost listeners, if, <laughs> if we haven't lost listeners yet, here's our here's our first roundtable talk. Though Eric here's is our, Eric is the Archbishop of Deacon. He's our, stop. He's our Archbishop of Deacon. Stop using Rome terms. The uh, so here's our here's our roundtable talk, guys. We are we're gonna do some mini episodes from time to time, and just whoever's present gets to be on the episode. And oh, today wow. is Mrs. is is Mrs. Float <laughs> and Senor Bertolotti. And so hold on. <laughs> so awesome! So we're gonna do. We're just gonna. We're just gonna talk. Before, I'm gonna have one. I, 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 is Bertolotti Italian? What is it? Oh Bertolotti my God. Is Italian. Okay, that, okay. Just want to make sure it's Italian. I, it's Italian. It's one of the yeah. nice Italian names. So, Arriva Derci. There you go. So uh, <laughs> what I want to talk about is something that is something. Cody, I don't even want to know what you're about to say. Bongiorno. Bongiorno. <laughs> <laughs> so. Dadgummit. So what what I do want to talk about um, is is assurance of salvation. Sorry, 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 sorry to bring us back down to earth here for a second. Um, I want to talk about what does assurance look like in the life of a believer, um, and how does that how does it iron itself out when you have times where you feel God is distant, uh, when you have times where you are you are rock solid, like a Christ died for me. My name is in the book of life. Like, how do we handle our lives when that when that is going on? When we so, don't have that assurance. Yeah, and in times when we don't have that. So, you know, I've got here's here's a okay. How about this? We'll, we'll start with a couple of questions. I got a question tonight from 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 somebody said uh, he he starts. I mean, starts. What if God doesn't love me? Yeah. Anybody want to talk about that? What if God doesn't love me? I think that's uh, I, I, so. I'll quickly say I think doubt is something that every person will likely have throughout their life yeah. if you're a believer. So one, one, don't don't be, um, don't think like you're the only one that's ever had this question of what if God doesn't love me because of the sin I may be currently in, because of um, the current depression I'm in, because of maybe suffer, sufferings in my life. Um, you're not the only person who's ever went through uh, a trial. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says, uh, uh, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man, but God is faithful. So God has not left you in and of yourself. Uh, he has provided a way of escape, uh, and that way of escape is looking to the person of Christ. It's, looking, it's dwelling back off of yourself. It's taking... taking, taking uh, the onus off of you and putting the onus back on Christ. It's mm. it's looking to Jesus yeah. even in the midst of your doubt. It's yeah. 
I'll share this. Even today, like today, I was sitting in my office. And I was just like, I was having some of these same questions come up in my mind. Where there's, we're going through some hard seasons in our life, um, and I've, I've, I've often asked, like, man, what, what are you doing, God? Like, what is this? I mean, are you, are you even in control? And I had to come back, and I had to reorient my life I had to go back to the word I had to start reading the word again becoming like going to the psalms where david's praying god have you forgotten me uh, have, are, are you leaving me alone and then he reminds himself to rejoice in the lord reminds himself to take to, he reminds him of himself of the victories that god has given him yeah. he reminds himself of how god is steadfast in his love and so those are the things that i think um for me personally uh, really helped me redirect my focus back towards the Son, Jesus. And so, Amen. So, so if it's, the opposite of assurance is doubt. Yeah. Then there are two kinds of doubt in the Christian life. There is the, there are the times where you doubt God, could doubt God. Is God enough? Is God moving? Is God even real? I mean, you could go that far. Yeah. Oh, and then there is the doubt of well, I believe God is real, but am I one of his children? Yeah. Does mm-hmm. he love me? Has he has he acted in my life in a way that brings me to him? Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I know that the scariest verse in the Bible um, in seasons of doubt is uh, in Matthew, I think it's 7, Seven. 21. Yeah, yeah well, I looked it up tonight, was, you know, when you get to heaven, it is not that God says you are a sinner. It is depart from me i never knew you and he yeah. says many he says many will say to me that day lord lord you know like that's that's horrifying right um and it's and it's didn't and i it's, do all these great things in your name did i do didn't i prophesy didn't i didn't i have all of these uh, yeah that is all that that definitely is a hard verse and so i would say that in that situation the the assurance that you find is you look to the other places in the bible where it says this is how god treats his sons so you look at Hebrews 12, where it says that if you are a son, you are disciplined. Like, he does not discipline those he does not love. He does not bring them along in the faith. He does not encourage them in the faith. Um, you look at Paul in Romans 7. At the end of Romans 7, he says, you know, I do the things that I do not want to do, and I don't do the things that I want to do. Wretched man that I am who can save me, but he follows it up with, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. And so, so your assurance there is not in your own working. It's not in, did I sin less today than I did yesterday? And then I did a week ago. Your, your assurance is, do I hate my sin more? When I look at my sin, is it ugly? Yeah. When I have sinned and fallen again, do I love it? Or do I continue to hate it? awesome yeah no. I, I go back to uh, jump in guys I'm sorry I go back to even Ephesians 1 and, and it reminds me of God's sovereignty and then it reminds me of what he's provided what are you doing cutting her mic to that move because I'm thinking it's not picking him up pretty well <laughs> Trey, sorry Trey moves around and does all kinds of things I apologize continue me. continue but in Ephesians 1 he says in him we have obtained it's something that we have we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will yeah. so that we who are first to hope in Christ if you are hoping in Christ 
might be to the praise of his glory. And then he says this, In him you also, when you heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed. Mm. You were sealed by the promised um, Holy Spirit. And, uh, sorry, I'm smoking a cigar, I'm like choking. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Cody, yeah. speak, speak to this, buddy. Yeah, one of the central books that I think about when I think of issues of assurance is First John. Yeah. Because I think first, I think John gives several ways in which you can be assured that you know and are a child of God. And so, you know, some of them off the cuff may be a bit confusing, because... We see him even in, let me see, chapter 2, verse 3. This is how we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. So you may initially read that and think, well, I don't keep his commandments all the time. So how can I know that I know God, right? But again, context is key, right? So you read the verse before that, the two verses before that. And John says, my children, I'm writing these things to you so you may not sin That's right. yet, right? But if anyone does sin, right, which is us, because we do not keep his commands always, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Amen. Christ, the righteous one. Mm. And he himself is the atoning sacrifice or the propitiation for our sins. And not only for ours, but for the whole world or for all kinds of people. And so... First John really gives, John gives several ways in which we can have assurance in the midst of our doubts, right? One being, like, I think what he's speaking to in regards to keeping his commandments is kind of alluding to what uh, Eric was saying. Like, do I hate my sin and do I desire to be a gospel-fueled law keeper? Yeah. Do I desire to walk in the good commandments that he's given me? Not perfectly, because we're finite, we're a human I desire to love God by obeying Him. Yeah. Right? Do I desire that? And then all of this is couched ultimately, right? You see that, even that, do you keep His commandments? That is couched in this proclamation that Christ is, right? That it's no question. He is the atoning sacrifice for your sin. Amen. And if you were believing and trusting in that, like John says, you are a child of God. Yeah. And yeah, I, so I, then we follow in his obedience, his obedience. Yeah. We yeah. follow in his works. But I also want to, I want to throw something on top of that. So I am somebody who is, who has struggled with assurance before, uh, I, I, quite a bit actually. Yeah. And so some, something that really helped was I saw something, uh, actually watched a YouTube video. Of Joel Osteen. That stop. Gosh, no, talking about D.A. Carson. Um, And he brings up this example of that it is not about the intensity of the faith given, but the object of the faith. So it is not, I'm believing so hard today that Christ died for my sins, therefore I must be a Christian. No, no, no. It is, do I have faith at all? Has the object of my faith ever faded away from Christ Jesus? Because the object of our faith is Christ. Therefore, if you have any faith at all in Christ, you can rest assured that there is no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, the object of their faith. And I think, like, for me, like, whenever I've struggled, very similar like what you're saying, whenever I've struggled with doubt or just, like, wrestling with assurance, it's always because I'm looking at myself. Yeah. I never look at Jesus and doubt assurance. <laughs> like, right. why is that? Because, like, no, like, we see in the Bible that this is something, yeah, that God has promised. You see it in 
yeah, all the way back in the Old Testament, just um, speaking of Jesus then, and then just, like, knowing that, um, yeah, like, this is something that God has promised and that we see in the Bible, yeah. um, and just why, why is it that um, I think of me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it's silly when it's no. just, yeah. Yeah, so think about the Old Testament, Emily mentioned this, whenever God... Whenever Israel experiences doubt, or whenever God tells Israel, you will experience doubt, what does he tell them to do? Right? He tells them, remember the Exodus. Yeah. yeah. Right? Remember and dwell upon this, the redemption, even if just a physical redemption, right? You've been given by God. Mm. And how much even more infinitely true, right, that is for the believer, that in the <laughs> yeah. midst of your doubts, right, your solution is not to look to yourself. Yeah. But to look to Christ. Yeah, he says that. He says that in First Corinthians one eighteen for the power of the cross. So our exodus is through the cross. For the yeah. power of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are believing is the power of God. Yeah. So we we remember the cross. We remember the sacrifice. We remember the atonement. Remember Jesus coming to die on the cross for our sins. Amen. And that's where our hope is is fixed. That's where our hope is assured. Um, there's something before we leave this topic that I want to bring up is there there are times where we shouldn't have assurance. Yeah. There are there are yeah. definitely times where we shouldn't have assurance. And Paul brings that up. He says he says to the believer who's living in sin, he says this, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Mm. He says, No. How can all of you, how can you who have died to sin still live in it? How can you look upon the cross and Jesus dying to sin and dying for our salvation, dying, dying for our sins, and still live in sin? Don't you yeah. know that you are a new person, that you have a new spirit within you, that yeah. you can walk in holiness? So we should never, we, like, we should never get this, like, <laughs> like you have the spirit, you have. You have you you actually have dominion, which we're going to talk about soon. You have yeah. dominion in your mind and heart over this sin. You can choose whether you go into this sin or choose whether you don't. Like you, you practice holiness. Yeah. Like you can do that because the Spirit who's living in you, and that's where we want to encourage brothers. Don't don't live in sin because if you live in sin, that's where the doubt will just overwhelm you. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's embedded in our ecclesiology, like how we do church. Like that's an aspect of discipline, is that the church, right, the local congregations who are given the keys to the kingdom of God, right, on earth, are meant to use those keys to point out to erring brothers and sisters that you should not have assurance. Right. Because you are, are as Jordan said, you are living in your sin. You're not repenting. You're loving your sin. Yeah. And so we, like Paul, are going to give you over to the world so yeah. you may learn not to blaspheme. And, Amen. It's, and, and that whole practice of church discipline is such a beautiful picture of, of ultimately assurance. We're always yeah. practicing church discipline one, with one another. Yeah. Trey, Cody, and I, and Eric, and we're always, we're always having to address sin that comes up. We're always having to say, brother, you could have said that better, or you could have done this better, or you... You, you may have sinned in your heart towards this person. You may be, uh, that, that came across as gossip, so let's not gossip like about this person. Let's not slander this person. So there's constantly always correction coming on, uh, coming towards one another, but it's correction out of love, and it's correction that's meant to bring us into a more assured status with Christ. 
a greater unity with one another as well. Yeah. yeah. I think something that uh, let's uh, let's apply this a little bit, uh, and uh, for those who are listening who do struggle with assurance, um, I would say first off that you struggling with assurance, uh, there is a bit of encouragement to give in that. The true believer cares if they are in Christ or not. Yeah, the yeah. true believer you know, is, is wants to be in Christ, sure. doesn't want to just escape hell, but wants God. Yeah. Yeah. And so the thought of man, like I might not get that yeah. and, it, and it scares me, there is some encouragement in that. God is, or the, the, the Holy Spirit is working in you to convict you of your sin. Yeah. There, is, there is a reason why you're doubting right now, yeah. but let it push you back to Christ. There was something that R.C. Sproul said that I always thought was so, so simple, but it's so good. When somebody would come to him uh, and would say that they're struggling with assurance, and he would look at him and say, well, do you, do you love Jesus? Do you love him, the, the true biblical Jesus? Can you say that you love him? And they'd, and he'd say yes, or they, they would all say yes. And he would say, well, do you love him? Do you love him perfectly? And, of course, they would all say no. And then he would say, well, do you love him as much as you ought to? Which their answer should be no, because you ought to love him perfectly. Right. But he would tell them, even the fact that you love Jesus, even in this imperfect manner, shows a work in your heart by the Holy Spirit because had the Holy Spirit not been working in your heart, you would not love the true biblical Jesus. You would love your sin more. A great, a great story. When I was uh, younger in the faith, 18, 19, I started hanging out with the Grahams, um, and I started seeing them. I started seeing Greg Graham uh, discipline his kids, and he would always talk to Andrew as he was growing up. After he got in trouble and after he sinned, he always looked at me, Are you believing in Jesus now? And then, and then, like five seconds later, how about now? How about now? Like, is your heart stirred toward? And what he was getting at is your is your heart being drifted away from the person of Christ, even in these moments. Like we we, we constantly gotta be vigilant of of putting our eyes back on Jesus. Yeah. And when, like, when we take our eyes off of Christ, when we take our eyes off of Christ, that's when the doubt spreads. That's yeah. when. Uh, that's when we start sinking into the ocean. Yeah. yeah. As 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 did Peter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, we're at BMPT sixteen eighty nine at gmail.com. Are there any closing thoughts before we close up this this, <laughs> Eric, this mini Emily, episode? Thanks for joining us. Yeah. What? What? what anything else you got? I don't know. Cody's looking at me like he wants me to do something. I, I do have one closing remark. Yeah, and go ahead. To kind of answer the initial question. We got time. Um, I would love Emily to read First John three, uh, one verse. Yeah, verse one um, to two. And but just the closing thought: um, the doubter is going to be tempted to pull away from the community of God. Yep. Mm. And so my exhortation to those who doubt is to run to the Amen. local church. Amen. Um, because the keys have been given to local churches to care for your soul. Yeah. And God has given to his local churches pastors and teachers yeah. Amen. Um, and members yeah. right, who can build you up and encourage yeah. you. 
Um, the farther you run from the local church, the less assurance you're going yeah. to have. Satan's ultimate goal is going to try to make you feel alone in your sin. Yeah. Run to your local body. It is a gift beyond beyond what you could ever expect. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, we'll lastly, so to the question, does how do I know God loves me? And this is chapter 3, verse 1? One? 1 and two. 2. Okay. See what great love the Father has given us, that we should be called God's children, and we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not, didn't know him. Dear friends, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet been revealed. We know that when he appears, we will be like him, because we will see him as he is. Yeah. Amen. So Amen. How, do, how do you know that God loves you? Like, look to Jesus. Amen, brother. Amen. Amen. Awesome, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. Yep.